Hey, it's your buddy AJ from the Wife Files. And Hecklefish. Right, and Hecklefish. We just wanted to tell you that if you want to start a podcast, Spotify makes it easy. It'd have to be easy for humans to understand it. Will you stop that? I'm just saying. Spotify for podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts from your computer. I don't have a computer. Do you have a phone? Of course I have a phone. I'm not a savage. Well, with Spotify, you can record podcasts from your phone, too. Spotify makes it easy to distribute your podcast to every platform, and you can even earn money. I do need money. What do you need money for? You're kidding? I'm getting killed on Guppy support payments. These three ex-wives are expensive. But you don't want to support your kids? What are you, my wife's lawyer now? Never mind. And I don't know if you noticed, but all Wi-Fi's episodes are video, too. And there's a ton of other features, but... But we can't be here all day. Will you settle down? I need you to hurry up with this stupid commercial. I got a packed calendar today. I'm sorry about him. (laughs) Anyway, check out Spotify for Podcasters. It's free, no catch, and you can start today. Are we done? We're done, but you need to check your attitude. Excuse me, but I don't have all day to sit here and talk about Spotify. Look, this would go a lot faster if if you would just let me get through it without... Today's episode of The Y Files is brought to you by Established Titles. Everyone's heard of Area 51, the top secret facility in the Nevada desert. But nobody really knows what happens there. We have only rumors. One rumor is that alien bodies have been recovered from UFO crashes. Those aliens have been autopsied and the subjects of medical experiments for years. But have you ever heard of Dulce Base? Dulce is more secret than Area 51 and more sinister. If Area 51 is the place where humans experiment on aliens, Dulce is the place where aliens experiment on us. Dulce is a town in New Mexico near the Colorado border on the Hickoria Apache Reservation. Though the town is small with fewer than 3,000 people, the area has the largest number of UFO sightings per capita in the world. The stories of strange lights and objects in the sky go back as far as the first people to inhabit the area thousands of years ago. Newer stories claim there's an underground base within the Archuleta Mesa near Dulce. Though there's never been hard evidence of this base, there are quite a few people who have come forward over the years that indicate something is happening in the area. There are witnesses who claim to have worked on the construction of the base, worked at the base, and some who've seen it from the air. There are even people who have claimed to have seen the base from the inside after being taken there against their will. In 1975, a rancher in Dulce called the police in a panic. One of his cattle had been killed. At first, he thought it was a predator, but predators don't do this. Officer Gabe Valdez responded to the call. He couldn't believe what he found. The cow was drained of all its blood and had undergone a procedure where many of its organs were surgically removed. And around the cow's carcass were tracks in the soil that looked like they came from the feet of a tripod. Next to each of the tracks, the ground was scorched, indicating there was an aircraft that could take off and land vertically. In the tracks, there was a yellow oily substance that couldn't be identified by any lab. It seemed as if the tripods, whatever they were, followed the cow for about 600 feet. Valdez was able to see where the cow had struggled before this happened. Valdez knew this was a little outside of his lane, so he contacted Dr. Howard Burgess of Sandia National Labs. Dr. Burgess arrived 72 hours later to assist. Though three days had passed, the cow wasn't decomposing, and predators and scavengers wouldn't go near it. And at some point during those three days, one of the cow's ears was removed. Over the following months, 17 animals would be killed this way. All were missing their lymph nodes, all were missing multiple organs, and all taken surgically. All the animals were drained of blood, and the little blood that remained wouldn't clot, not even after several days. 
Soon, investigators started to become sick. Seven people who visited the ranch complained about headaches and nausea. This gave Dr. Burgess the idea to test radiation levels in the area, and radiation was twice what it should be. And during this time, investigators working at night saw orange lights moving silently in the sky. Investigators working during the day saw black helicopters circling overhead. Valdez wondered if this was more than a local phenomenon. He looked for cases of animal mutilation in the surrounding areas. And over the course of a few years, an estimated 8,000 animal mutilations were reported. Now, I was able to find the official FBI report on this, which I'll link below. And despite everything I've told you about the condition of these animals, the FBI said, quote, it was consistent with predator action and there is no federal interest in continuing an investigation. The only predator that can do this is the predator. What predator is that? Well, you know, from the movies with the face like a scungeel. Funny you bring that up. Where was that predator from? Um, another planet? Well. Oh, if it bleeds, we can kill it. Paul Benowitz was born in 1927, and when World War II broke out, he joined the Coast Guard as a teenager. He had a master's degree in physics and was pursuing his PhD when he opened an electronics company in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Paul Benowitz's primary clients were the Air Force and NASA. He did so much business with the Air Force that he actually bought a home and established a lab right next to Kirtland Air Force Base. And we have an entire episode that covers him and how he was misled and abused by the United States government link below. Kirtland Air Force Base is a massive complex, spanning over 80 square miles. Over 20,000 people work on the base. Kirtland also happens to be the largest storage facility for nuclear weapons in the Western Hemisphere. On the grounds are the Manzano Mountains, and under the Manzanos are 80 underground bunkers, including a presidential emergency shelter. Connecting the bunkers are over 40 separate tunnels, though nobody knows for sure how many. The people who built the facility were not allowed to tell anyone about what they were working on. Paul Benowitz was a gifted engineer and was interested in UFOs. From Paul's second floor balcony, he observed and filmed strange lights in the sky. He also recorded radio transmissions that seemed to be alien in origin. Paul occasionally worked for several UFO groups, including the Aerial Phenomena Research Organization, known as APRO. Even though UFO research wasn't yet mainstream, APRO was a respected organization known for scientifically grounded research. In 1979, Paul attended a conference in Albuquerque where he met Officer Dave Valdez. They traded stories about cattle mutilations, alien abductions, and UFO sightings that were happening in the area. Gabe Valdez and Paul Benowitz struck up a friendship. Valdez was basically the go-to cop for any strange phenomenon in the area, and Paul was compiling more and more data that aliens were real, were here, and were very interested in Kirtland Air Force Base. In 1980, Valdez caught the Myrna Hansen case and asked Paul Benowitz for help. Myrna Hansen claimed to have had a terrifying experience. When she was driving to her home in Eagles Nest, New Mexico, both she and her son saw two UFOs over a field. They left the car running and got out to take a closer look. They saw a cow grazing in the field get lifted into one of the UFOs by a beam of light. The next thing she knew, Myrna and her son were back in the car, the engine off, and hours had passed. But what happened during those hours, she had trouble remembering. And what she did remember, she had trouble discussing. So Gabe and Paul brought in a psychology professor to place Myrna under hypnosis to see if she could access these suppressed memories. The hypnosis session began, and based on what Myrna Hansen remembered, she had every reason to be terrified. (laughs) 
Myrna Hansen remembered that as she was driving and saw very bright lights in the sky, she and her son got out of the car to see what they were. The lights were coming from a floating craft and were affecting a herd of cattle. One cow seemed to be struggling and panicking as it was levitated up into one of the objects. Then she remembered that she was abducted and given a thorough and very violating physical examination. And though her abductors never spoke, she recalls hearing them in her mind. They said she was taken by accident, but now that she was here, they had no choice but to continue with the procedure. She described their appearance as what we now call a gray alien. She also reported being taken to an underground base, and there she saw body parts floating in vats of bubbling liquid, and she remembered a terrible smell. The alien abduction stories are unfortunately fairly common now, but in 1980, this was very unusual. Then Myrna remembered something really disturbing, something that could be confirmed. She said a device was surgically implanted into her body, and she believed this was so the aliens could track her and control her mind. Now, this could be checked. Myrna was taken to the nearby Lovelace Medical Center and x-rayed. At the base of her skull, right where she said it would be, was the implant. Myrna also had a very faint scar on the back of her neck. Now, to be fair, the doctors thought it was a natural growth, though they didn't know what kind. The doctors might not have been convinced, but Myrna Hansen, Gabe Valdez, and Paul Benowitz were. There was an alien presence focused on the Kirtland Air Force Base and on the town of Dulce not far away. Now remember, Paul Benowitz was reporting everything he saw to the Air Force. Richard Doty, an agent working for the Air Force Office of Special Investigation, or OSI, was assigned to Paul's case. And Doty and Paul spent so much time together that they became personal friends. Paul showed Richard Doty sketches that Myrna Hansen made of what she saw while she was abducted. She drew hallways, elevators, rooms, and laboratories. Then Doty confirmed that her drawings matched the Manzano Weapons Storage Complex, which was an underground facility. And over the next 20 years, more and more information would emerge that confirmed not only are aliens on Earth, but they're also working with the United States government. But when did this partnership begin? And why would the government be working with aliens and for what goal? Well, in 1995, we would get our answer when Phil Schneider, an engineer who helped build Dulce Base, blew the whistle. And it's darker than you could possibly imagine. In 2021, the Pentagon budget was $750 billion. And since 1996, the American military has received $8.5 trillion in taxpayer dollars and never has had to account for any of it. In 2016, an investigation discovered that the Pentagon was covering up $125 billion in so-called wasted dollars. Now, if the military budget comes up short in a given year, whatever number that is is just written in. It's called a plug. And then boom balanced budget. You try that with your taxes and see how that works out for you. Oh, they throw you in jail. But there's evidence that the money is not being wasted. It's actually part of the Pentagon's black budget. In 1995, at the Preparedness Expo, Phil Schneider blew the whistle on one of the most secret black budget programs in history. On the southwest part of the Archelita Mesa, uh, we built an underground facility, a better part of three cubic miles, hollowed out underground. We were in the process of the early stages of building. We drilled four large uh, tunnel-like holes. Some of them ran two and a half miles under the surface. The equipment kept coming up broken. So we wanted to go down. We wanted to send somebody down there, a human observer, or human observers in this case, to find out what was going on. In 1979, Schneider was working for Morrison Knudsen on a geology team, digging exploratory shafts for a new underground base in Dulce. 
And though working with heavy duty equipment, the drills kept breaking. Once the drill punched through, Phil described black sooty air billowing up through the opening and the air smelled like rotten garbage. Phil put on a protective suit and headed down the lift to investigate. And on the way walking through camp, he noticed there were an awful lot of armed troops. When I saw Green Beret and Black Beret people encamped inside of our geologist camp, I knew something was up. When Phil reached the bottom, he was face to face with a seven foot tall gray alien. He said its stench was worse than anything he'd ever smelled before. Then another alien appeared. Phil panicked, grabbed his pistol and started firing. And he managed to kill one of the aliens, but the other started firing back. Phil was hit with what he called a plasma weapon and lost two fingers and part of his left hand. And this plasma weapon also gave him cancer. Never bring a gun to a plasma fight. That's good advice. Now, Phil thought he was dead when suddenly a green beret who had followed him down grabbed him and put him on the lift. Now, Phil made it, but nobody else did. 66 men lost their lives in what was called the Battle of Dulce Base. The American military had accidentally drilled into an alien base that had been there for four or 500 years. So now the military had a choice to make, go to war with the aliens or cooperate with them. Now, winning a war against entities with such advanced technology wasn't possible. So a deal was struck. Aliens would give advanced technology to humans. Now, what did the humans have to get to the aliens? Well, humans would have to give the aliens other humans. Our United States government lied to not tell us anything about the alien threat. There's a war underneath there, and I'm talking dead serious. Phil Schneider was an outspoken advocate for government transparency about the alien presence on Earth. He became well-known on the UFO lecture circuit, giving talks about his time working on top-secret government projects. He's most known for his talk at the 1995 Preparedness Expo, where he revealed all kinds of information. As of 1995, there were 131 active secret underground bases in the United States and 1,477 around the world. All the bases in the United States are connected by magnetic levitation trains that can reach speeds of Mach 2. Phil said that there are seven benevolent alien species currently living on Earth and four evil species. He said that the U.S. government signed four treaties with the aliens in 1944, in 1954, 1962, and the last one in 1979 after the Dulce Battle. The treaty signed in 1954, called the Griotta Treaty, was signed between the U.S. government and a species of gray aliens. And the treaty says aliens would be allowed to abduct and experiment on humans as long as the U.S. government, specifically the committee known as Majestic 12, was informed and provided a list of abductees. Oh, the government sure does like making lists of people, eh? It sure does. Why it is so many abductions? Don't aliens know how boring humans are? Well, according to Phil Schneider, at least nine races of aliens view humans as a food source. It's a cookbook! It's a cookbook! No! 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 Classic Twilight Zone episode. But the aliens don't consume human flesh. Instead, they use the secretions of glands from mammals. This species of alien suffers from a genetic disorder, and the enzymes in mammal hormones keep the aliens healthy. And some alien races use human adrenaline as a recreational intoxicant. Ugh, they get high from human secretions? They do. Uh, yeah, that's a hard pass for me. Me too. 
Now, in exchange for access to humans for experimentation, the aliens would provide the United States with advanced technology. According to Phil Schneider, military technology is 1,200 years ahead of what civilians have now. Stealth technology came from aliens. The U.S. government now has the ability to create special metal alloys, but they can only be created in the vacuum of space. The U.S. military has a device that causes earthquakes. The 1989 San Francisco earthquake and the 1995 Kobe earthquake were weapons tests. Seiko to score, and he fails to get Dave Parker at second base, so the Oakland A's take... take I'll tell you what, we're having an earthquake. Phil Schneider makes all kinds of other claims. He said the bombings of the World Trade Center in 1993 and the Oklahoma City bombing of 1995 were done with miniature nuclear devices provided by the aliens. He said AIDS and other viruses were created as a means of controlling the population. All right, hold on. I got to stop you there. What? You expect me to believe that a government would artificially create a dangerous virus in a lab? My friend, that is a bridge too far. Sarcasm? Yes, of course it's sarcasm. Bill Schneider believed that all this was happening for one purpose, to establish a new world order. The alien plan is to completely take over the planet and eliminate almost 90% of the world's population. Ooh, this is the kind of talk that makes the men in black come a-knocking. That's true. And Phil Schneider said he was under constant surveillance by the government. He even claimed he was attacked by an FBI agent and killed the agent in self-defense. And he reported this to the FBI, but nothing came of it. No, because the government would have to admit to all this stuff. That's right. Phil was constantly in fear for his life. He said he had 11 close friends all die under mysterious circumstances but every death was ruled a suicide. In fact, Phil Schneider told his friends and family over and over, if I ever end up dead, I didn't kill myself. It was murder. He was adamant about this. Uh, yeah, I can't help notice that you keep speaking about this guy in the past tense. Well, in January 1996, just four months after he gave his famous lecture, Phil Schneider was found dead in his apartment. Oh, come on. Apparently, he had taken his own life. Oh, come on. There's a good chance that when I fly back to Reno, excuse me, to Vegas, I have to drive home. I left my car down in Vegas. I have to drive home alone. I'm scared to hell. Phil Schneider was constantly worried. He told his family that if he was ever found dead, to not believe the story, that it was murder. A few weeks after that, Phil Schneider was found dead in his apartment. At first, his death was ruled unknown, even though he had a medical tube wrapped around his neck. And a lot of details about his death don't add up. First, there was no note. Also, he had enough pills on hand to die painlessly. He also had a gun. The medical tube was wrapped around his throat three times and then tied in a knot under his chin. Now, strangling yourself this way seems difficult, especially in Phil's case. He was missing half of his left hand. His shoulders had limited motion. He had brittle bone syndrome from cancer and spent a lot of time in a wheelchair. He was a weak and frail man. The medical examiner, for some reason, refused to visit the scene though he was legally required to. He did take blood and urine samples, but refused to test them because he said it was a waste of time. And when Phil's family inquired about those samples, they were told they were sent to an independent lab and were now missing. When Phil's ex-wife Cynthia went to collect his belongings, everything was gone. Recordings of Phil's lectures, photographs, research, even physical evidence from Dulce Base, it was all missing. And then something very strange happened. An obituary appeared in the local paper saying Phil died of a stroke. Phil's family didn't write that obituary. So who did? 
any senator or House of Representative person, President of the United States, Vice President, any any cabinet member lying to the American public is a traitor and should be dealt with in an appropriate fashion. Bill Schneider wasn't the only person who claimed to know about Dulce Base. Thomas Castello was a military photographer with top secret clearance, and he specialized in photographing sensitive projects. Castello worked in an underground facility near Nellis Air Force Base in Nevada, most likely Area 51. He also worked at Dulce Base. In 1987, Castello turned whistleblower, and before he left Dulce Base, he stole a set of documents that were eventually called the Dulce Papers. He also stole 30 black and white photos as well as videotape. There are several things you should know about. I took an oath under penalty of death that no matter what I saw or heard, I would never divulge the information. At the Dulce base, treason is anything that mentions the details of daily operations at this facility when outside the confinement of this base. When I first arrived, the story they told us was that this is a tri-biotransfer facility with advanced technology doing advanced, adventurous methodology for medical and mental gains. Which is a fancy way of saying they do really risky things with human life just to see what would happen. This is the most famous Castello photograph, Humans in Pods. What the hell's going on here? Well, you know how aliens harvest human hormones for various purposes? I'm trying to forget it, but yeah. Well, these are cloning vats. Much easier to use humans as a food source when you could just grow them in a tube. And Castello was the first person to show us the different floors of Dulce Base and what they were used for. Level 1 is security and communications. Level 2 is human staff and housing. Wait a minute. Hmm? If there's a floor labeled human staff, uh, then that means... There is housing for non-human staff. No! Level 3 is executive offices and labs. Level 4 is mind control experiments. Level 5 is alien housing. Level 6 is genetic experiments and the zoo. What, the zoo? Oh, yeah. When genetic splicing between humans and aliens was successful, they would often put the hybrid creature on display. No oh boy. And level seven is cryogenics and cold storage. Um. Yeah? This, uh, this story, th- this is a lot. Oh, have you had too much? Oh, wait, there's more? Oh, much more. The alien agenda is the complete takeover of this planet, the killing off of five, six, to seven eighths of the world's population by the year 2029. U.S. military has known about this for 45 years. They've told no one. Most of the information we get from Castello comes from a single interview he gave called the Branton interview, and I'll link the full text below. Apparently there were, or are, over 180,000 aliens working in the facility. Castello gives us details about how the base is administered, and there are many different races that work there, and they're divided into ruling castes and worker castes. Well, obviously humans are workers. Obviously. But there are also alien worker castes, and ultimately all races report to a single ruling class called the Draco. (gasps) That sounds like... Lizard people. Hey, speaking of lizard people, now is a great time to pick up a Hecklefish Lizard People mug. It makes a great gift. Go what to- are you doing? What? Someone's got to do the plugs? Go to shop.thewifefiles.com and grab your Lizard People mug today. Anyway, the Draco... Lizard people. The lizard people are not alien. They evolved from reptiles and dinosaurs and have remained hidden. 
They created the underground tunnel system hundreds or thousands of years ago. And in the 1960s, they were made to be more suitable to humans and other races that the Draco created. Created? Oh, yeah. The Draco created races for labor. The worker caste does the daily chores, mopping the latex floors, cleaning the cages, bringing food to the hungry people and other species. It is their job to formulate the proper mixture for the type 1 and type 2 beings that the Draco race has created. The working caste work at the labs as well as at the computer banks. Basically speaking, the reptilian races are active at all levels of the Dulce base. There are several different races of aliens that work on the east section of level 6. Thomas Castello lived the rest of his life in hiding in Europe. He's since passed away, but if you're interested in hearing more from him, I'll post a link to a message board where he answers a lot more questions. And I just scratched the surface here. His interview is the rabbitest of rabbit holes. Rabbitist? Shut up. Hi, <laughs> they. John Lear might have had a more interesting life than his father, William Lear, who invented the Lear jet. John Lear was a pilot who broke 17 world records in many types of aircraft. He flew cargo planes for the CIA in the 60s and 70s. John Lear was also one of the most visible proponents of the theory that not only are aliens here on Earth, but they're also colluding with the United States government. Lear became interested in UFOs in 1986 after talking with U.S. Air Force personnel who witnessed the UFO landing at Bentwaters Air Force Base near London. In that encounter, three small aliens walked right up to Wing Commander General Gordon Williams, and that became known as the Rendlesham Forest Incident. In 1988, Lear released a document titled UFO Cover-Up that exposed all kinds of secret government and alien activity. It's essentially a manifesto and a link to the original text below. Lear covers the death of James Forrestal, Majestic 12, Roswell, abductions, cattle mutilations, and, of course, Dulce Base. Lear said that he gathered four independent confirmations that the seven-story Dulce Base complex was real. He even detailed the different species of aliens who live and work there. It's a, the, mass, the, the problem is not only just the fact that there are five, to do, five and as many as ten different civilizations visiting us. Apparently, and this is from the research that I've done, at least... 90% of them are hostile. And when I say hostile, uh, if not hostile, they have a completely different set of morals than, uh, than we do. John Lear believed that, based on evidence, aliens are trying to regenerate their own race at our expense. He said they suffered a nuclear holocaust or severe illness that caused their entire race to weaken. This is why, according to John Lear, aliens are attempting to crossbreed with humans. In fact, he said this was successfully done seven times over several years. Lear discusses the book Intruders by Bud Hopkins. Hopkins spent years studying abduction cases and was one of the first to reveal that human females were being used to gestate alien or alien-human hybrid children. This was information Hopkins learned through interviewing and hypnotizing hundreds of abductees. Now, obviously, John Lear didn't subscribe to the theory that aliens are here to protect us from nuclear war or help us in any way. Aliens are here to use us as livestock, as breeding chambers, and as subjects of horrible experiments. And what's even more frightening is the United States government is complicit in all of this. John Lear ended his document by saying, The best advice I can give you is, next time you see a flying saucer and are awed by its obvious display of technology, run like hell. In 1947, the Air Technical Intelligence Center at Dayton, the top Air Force intelligence men and scientists under contract, 
sent a secret document to the commanding general of the Air Force saying that whatever these things were, they were real. And it started out with a crash at Roswell. 1947 is what the public has been told. Uh, something crashed in the backyard in New Mexico, a place called Roswell, New Mexico. Unfortunately, that's what the public's been told. The military's known about the alien question for the better part of 70 years. And a second uh, crash site that occurred uh, in uh, Magdalena or Horse Mesa out west of, of Magdalena, New Mexico. And I have found out that the government has retrieved between 10 and 15 actual flying saucers, three of which have been in perfect condition, one of which they tried to fly. And I know that they were reverse engineering. I was never actually briefed on it. But, you know, common sense can tell me that this craft over here isn't something we made. It was reverse engineered. Reverse engineered. Yeah. They trained nine months before they ever flew it. And then they trained another, I can't remember how long, four or five months flying it all around Nevada. And it worked fine. I'm not attacking the United States Air Force. I'm attacking a small group in there that has been persistently keeping this from the, from the public just as they've kept other things. The Air Force has made a, an art form of uh, ridiculing people who have talked about this thing. They've done an excellent job of covering it up for the last 40 years. We've been lied to and the lies have got to stop and they must stop immediately. Well, that was a roller coaster of a story and not much of a happy ending. But what's true? Obviously, there's no hard evidence that Dulce Base exists, but there's also no evidence that it doesn't. And since all we have are eyewitness accounts, let's look at the witnesses. First, Phil Schneider. This isn't a Bob Lazar situation where all the evidence is mysteriously erased. There are plenty of records that show Phil did indeed work as a government contractor on many different projects, but his story has some holes, like his misunderstanding of military and law enforcement protocols, procedures, and jurisdictions. He said during the Battle of Dulce, there were 66 soldiers from the U.S. and NATO. Green Berets, Black Berets, Delta Force, and Secret Service. The special forces he names are American, not NATO. NATO doesn't operate on American soil and never has. And even if it did, there's no way the U.S. government would allow foreign military to be present for this kind of operation. He said Delta Force was there. In 1979, Delta Force was barely 18 months old. Very few people even knew about it. The military denied its existence for years, and even now, everything about Delta is classified. We don't know the size of the unit, their budget, or their missions, but we do know that Delta Force was created as a counterterrorism unit. I wouldn't expect them to be on a domestic operation that was essentially providing facility security. I could be wrong. Now, in 1979, Black Berets were only worn by Army Rangers. Now, could they have been deployed for security? Sure, but I doubt it. Now, Phil says the Secret Service was there. They weren't. The Secret Service is a law enforcement agency that investigates crimes. Yes, they provide personal protection to high-ranking political officials, but that's a small part of what they do. Phil said he lost his hand in the battle with aliens. Maybe, but his roommate from college said he lost it when he was a young man working as an electrical lineman putting up power lines. Now, Phil Schneider said his father, Oscar Schneider, was a Nazi U-boat captain who was captured and then fought for the Americans in World War II. Phil's father was actually born in San Francisco in 1906. Phil's grandparents were born here too, in Portland. We have documentation that Oscar Schneider was in the United States until 1930, and then he was in the U.S. Navy Medical Corps from 1931 to 1946 and retired with the rank of captain. He never commanded submarines for Hitler or for the United States. 
He was a medical doctor who specialized in shipboard safety techniques. Now, Phil shows this picture in his lectures. I have a picture of one of the aliens been working for the United States Pentagon for the last 58 years. His name is Val, Val Valiant Thor. He's right here. If you remember our video on Valiant Thor, you know that Val was most likely a fictional character created by Frank Strangis for his book, Stranger at the Pentagon, which was a ripoff of The Day the Earth Stood Still. The photo Phil uses is supposedly his father in the ready room of the USS Eldridge because his father was part of the Philadelphia experiment. Because of course he was. But there's no room that large on a Canon-class destroyer. Also, the Philadelphia experiment happened in the 40s. The lights in this picture wouldn't be used until the 1960s. And there are lots more holes in the story. And Phil Schneider had a documented history of mental illness. Now, his story sounds like paranoid delusions. He says 28% of the US GDP is used for black ops. 28% is very specific. Why not 25 or 30? How does he even know that number? The people who work in black ops don't know the Pentagon's budget. Nobody does, but somehow Phil knows. People with delusions often create rich worlds full of specific details. Now, Phil Schneider very well could have been telling the truth. I just don't think so. I think he suffered a psychotic break in dealing with his cancer diagnosis and latched onto the Dulce-based story as a way to take control of his life and as a way to attain some notoriety. That all said, his death was weird. If you trace back the history of the Dulce-based story, you always end up with a person named James Bishop, whose real name was allegedly Tal Levesque. Now, the book Saucers, Spooks, and Kooks, UFO Disinformation in the Age of Aquarius, written by Adam Gorightly, identifies Levesque as the chief architect of the Dulce-based story. In the 70s, Levesque published a newsletter called Hollow Earth Hassle, which was about creatures living inside the Earth. And those stories were based on a story called The Shaver Mystery, which appeared in science fiction pulp magazines in 1947. And the story took off after Paul Benowitz claimed he discovered alien transmissions coming from Dulce Base. A woman named Anne West created the Tom Castello character, probably based somewhat on what Paul Benowitz said. Now, she claimed that a lot of her information was coming from someone named Tom Castello, but all the information was coming from Levesque. And you won't be surprised to hear that no record of anyone named Thomas Castello was found in the U.S. military during the time he was supposed to be there. According to Levesque, various researchers would latch onto the Dulce Bay story and then add their own flair, each person building on the story of the people who came before them. And by the way, that super creepy photo of the humans in alien pods, Thomas Castello didn't take that picture. It's actually a screenshot of the film The Sixth Day, released in 2000. Now, why would Levesque do this? Well, he passed away in 2018, but he said it was his job, whatever that means. We know for a fact that Agent Richard Doty of the Air Force OSI perpetrated a misinformation campaign against Paul Benowitz. And this campaign included confirming Paul's suspicion about the underground base and confirming the drawings by abductee Myrna Hansen. Now, was Levesque part of this government operation? We don't know. John Lear also circulated this story. And at one UFO convention, Lear met with other UFO researchers who were going to release a public statement about what they knew to be true. Apparently, Lear's claims were so outlandish, the other researchers wouldn't sign on to it. Lear stormed out of the convention. You have to get pretty wild when people at a UFO convention don't believe you. You sure do. Bill Moore, a UFO researcher who worked with Richard Doty and the government on the misinformation campaign, he said Lear was an intelligence agent. 
And remember, Lear did have a long history of working with the CIA. Now, this is the problem with these stories. UFOs, underground bases, alien experiments. As long as the research is considered fringe, most of the people working in the field are going to be fringe. They don't give out Nobel Prizes for UFO research. They should. They should, and maybe one day they will. But until then, UFO researchers will be criticized and ostracized by mainstream scientists. Now, me and you want to believe, but there's nobody to trust. We know for a fact that Richard Doty ran a misinformation campaign against Benowitz and the entire UFO community, feeding them wild stories about aliens and underground bases. But later, Doty said the stories were mostly true. So now we're left in this position where we don't know who or what to believe. We do know that the U.S. government wants it this way. Now, I believe there are secret bases all over the United States. Is there one in Dulce? I don't know. There are lots of UFO stories that I want to be true, but this isn't one of them. Abductions, genetic experiments, organ harvesting, and a new world order? We better hope Phil Schneider, John Lear, Myrna Hansen, and all these other witnesses are wrong. Because if they're not, we're in big trouble. Today's episode is brought to you by one of the most unique sponsors we've ever had, Established Titles. That doesn't sound like VPN software. It's not. Huh, nice change of pace. Established Titles lets you buy as little as one square foot of land in Scotland, and this allows you to call yourself Lord, or Laird as they say, or Lady. Also, Established Titles plants a tree with every order, and has partnered with great charities like One Tree Planted to- whoa, 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 hold on. What? Did you just say I could buy land in Scotland and become a lord? Yep. You can even use the title on your credit cards, plane tickets- Online dating profile? Yep. So- I want it. Well, there's more I want to tell you about this. I want it now. Lord Hecklefish commands ye. Fine. Yo, get the door. That's my lord package. I hear it. You're kidding me, right? What is this? Um, what is this, my lord, if you don't mind? Uh, you might be taking this a little too... Open the box, peasant! Okay, okay, hang on! <laughs> I could get used to this. Okay. This certifies you as Lord Hecklefish Moriarty. And uh, this is the plot number of your land in Edelson, Scotland. And uh, they even sent us coordinates. Google map it that I may survey my domain. Oh, this is pretty nice. It is. I can't wait to get some serfs out there to work the land for me and pay me tribute. Uh, you, you can't have any serfs. I shall be a strict but fair lord of these lands. My serfs will come to idolize me. You can't have serfs. I can maybe have a few serfs. You can't. One serf? No, stop saying serfs. Stop saying serfs, my lord. All right, but check this out. The first 200 people who purchase a title pack using the promo code TWF will get land right near yours. My own kingdom. Kinda, yeah. I shall be a strict but fair lord to all who purchase using promo code TWF. Well, you won't be their lord. They'll be lords and ladies of their own land. Not for now, but when I raise an army and conquer their land, I shall rule over them and they will come to know me as a strict but fair lord. You can't conquer their land. Hmm, there may be a marriage pact to strengthen the kingdom. I don't see how that- I shall betroth my eldest son to the daughter of one of the other lords. We will unite our kingdoms and my blood shall rule these lands for a thousand years. You have an eldest son? What do you think those guppy support payments are for? 
Heckle Jr. lives with his mother in Hackensack, New Jersey. If you use code TWF, you'll get an additional 10% off. So go to EstablishedTitles.com slash TWF. You'll be lord of your own land, you'll get your own plot number, and you get this cool frame certificate. This makes an amazing last-minute gift. Plus, you'll be supporting a great charity and helping out the channel. And you'll be joining my kingdom! Right. And that. You will come to know me as a strict, strict but, but fair, fair lord. lord. Yeah, we got it. Kneel before me! Get bent. Hey, don't make me declare prima nocta. Ugh, gross. <laughs> Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. My name is AJ, that's Hecklefish. This has been The Y Files. And if you had fun or learned anything, do us a favor. Like, subscribe, comment, share. I know I'm a broken record, but that stuff really helps the channel. And like most topics we cover here, today's topic was recommended by you. By lots of you, actually. And if there's something that you want to hear or learn more about, go to thewifiles.com slash tips. And special thanks to our patrons who make this channel possible. We couldn't do it without you. If you'd like to support the channel, consider becoming a member on Patreon or grab something from the Wifiles store. Have I mentioned the Lizard People mug? You have. It makes a great last minute gift. And if you use the code Lizard People, one word, you get 10% off your entire order. That's going to do it. Until next time, be safe, be kind, and know that you are appreciated.